got nine minutes to maximize your travel and casino experience? Welcome to Zorkcast, powered by Travel Zork, helping you travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures. From airline miles and hotel points to living in the lap of luxury in a Las Vegas casino, you'll find all the knowledge you need to travel in style. Brought to you in nine minutes or less. Now, please welcome the host of Zorkcast, Michael Mason Traeger. Hello, this is Michael, and welcome back to ZorkCast. I am joined today by my lovely co-host, Steve, and we're going hello. to talk a little bit about... What? I said hello. Hello. Oh, you said hello. Okay, okay. I'm in a, I'm in a very I just, calm... I just put on some kind of weird accent. That was all for some reason. I decided to say hello in a weird way. Yes, I noticed that. Well, I'm in a very chill... <laughs> kind of Friday, in a chill kind of Friday mood. So uh, if you weren't aware, I just got back from Vegas. I'm so jealous of this. Yes, I know you are. And I'm actually, I guess it's officially my fifth day back because I'm keeping track of quarantine. So this was quarantine day five. So I've actually, golly, I've been back for five days. And that makes sense. I hope they're checking up on you because I I don't want coronavirus from you. My my biggest hope is that they call to check up on me while we're doing the podcast and I put them on speaker. <laughs> that's that's my biggest hope that we could do a live quarantine check-in. That would be absolutely phenomenal. But I don't think we'll be that. We'll have to see if we can time that, but I'll I'll let you I'll let you know. If, <laughs> I'll just put them on speaker. We could we could So, Vegas trip. So, what do you want to know? Where should we start? I went to Las Vegas on the 4th of June. The 4th of June was a very special day. Okay, well, everyone's going to ask, aren't, aren't they, how you got there from the UK? Because everyone always asks that. How are you doing this when the UK citizens can't get in? So do you want to explain how you managed to go? Yes. So very simply, I happen to be an American citizen and I have a US passport. By virtue of the fact that I have a US passport, even though I am a resident in the United Kingdom, I am still allowed to go back to my country. That is why I was allowed to go to (laughs) Vegas. I, I really did treat this as a half professional, half enjoyable trip. And I probably worked more on this trip than I've worked on any trip in my life. But I was very fortunate to be able to be in Vegas. This turned out to be one of the longer Vegas trips, actually the longest Vegas trip of my life. It was originally planned to be six nights in Vegas. I then extended it for another three nights in Vegas. And then I extended it for one more night in Beverly Hills, just because I couldn't get it out. It was, as I say, it was the trip that kept on giving. So that's why I was able to fly. Flying over was no issue at all. Basically, there was not a lot of pre-planning for this trip. What happened was I was waiting for the announcement. The governor of Nevada finally made the announcement about a week before that we're planning and anticipating to open the casinos on the 4th of June. It was never a guarantee. You know, that was always the case. And I was fine. Okay, 4th of June is good. I went and I booked my ticket on British Airways. Prices were really good. I was originally going to buy World Traveler Economy class ticket, but the World Traveler Plus, which is premium economy, was just a little bit more. So I think overall, the round trip ticket was about 800 pounds in World Traveler Plus. The reason why I bought the World Traveler Plus is because that would allow me to upgrade to Club, which is lie flat on the way back. And even though the flights were very empty and economy class was relatively empty, you still sleep much better in a lie flat seat. And 
using Avios for an upgrade is a really good way to do it. Usually the problem here would be that it would be very difficult to upgrade from Los Angeles, you know, on a nonstop from Los Angeles to London. So a lot of times, so you might be buying the world, you might have to find a date where there is upgrade availability. Well, the flights are empty right now. So there were more than nine seats available. The availability is wide open at the moment too, isn't it? I found that for um, my latest booking later in the year, the availability is wide open. Yeah, so it's a great time to book World Traveler Plus and upgrade to Club. But moving along from there, flight was empty, was a little bit strange. You know, the whole Heathrow experience was strange. I wrote about all of this on Travels Orc, and I called it, I had an article called COVID Club and what it was like to fly. And <laughs> I also profiled a little bit of that in the Daily Mail. So you can read about that there because we oh, want to stay drop, in Name drop. <laughs> name drop, name drop. Flight was fine. Wearing a mask for a close to 11-hour flight is unusual. It's not so comfortable. I do have a really good mask. I would say you sort of get used to it, but it sort of still sucks, you know? But those are the rules, so, you know, be be prepared. This week, U.S. Airlines did announce that everybody, all passengers, absolutely need to wear their masks, and if they don't, yeah. they'll be put on a do-fly, a do-not-fly list. In addition... Big announcement from Vegas casinos that I think all active players will have to wear a mask now. I think that announcement was made yesterday, Steve. So when I was in Vegas, only the Caesars properties were making it a a rule that table players had to wear a mask. I believe all casinos are going to have to wear a mask now. Is that correct? Yes, I think so. But I think it's still only at tables, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's still only at tables. No, and yeah. from what I see, and this has been this has been one of the problems with you know inconsistency. So I landed in I landed at LAX. I was a little bit nervous about the flight. I was nervous about I was just nervous because this whole COVID thing gets you nervous, whether you are really fearful of it or not, or whether you try to compartmentalize and be logical about it. There is underlying fear, and underlying fear is just something you have to deal with sometimes when you make a decision to go on a trip like this. There mm-hmm. was a health form to fill out for entering for the United States. We had to exit the plane, and the CDC people were there when we exited the plane. We gave in our health form. They did a quasi-quick interview, which wasn't really an interview, but you know, the main question they asked me was, you know, have you been anywhere except the United Kingdom? I said no. My health form checked out. I went on. Another person gave a little speech about COVID that you've been traveling and you should be aware that you probably are more likely to be a carrier or susceptible. Here's a brochure. And I was on my way, went through global entry, was out within okay, 10 so you minutes. you were able to use global entry because I was going to ask you that. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw my global entry picture, but I did this as a joke, even though a couple of people yelled at me for it. So I took the the, the global entry terminals at LAX are not the face recognition ones. They're still the fingerprint uh, ones. Okay. So I decided to do the picture on purpose with my mask on. <laughs> 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 it, this is this is this is a little it's called immigration humor so of course when i got when i got to the guy where i had to hand in my global entry thing which they don't do until exiting immigration whereas they've they've sometimes taken the slip much earlier but here now mm-hmm. they were waiting until immigration i went through baggage claim which was empty i had hand baggage only and i go to exit and i had the guy the the form and he's like and this could be anybody can you pull down your mask and can i see your passport and your picture and your passport so i, I laughed i sort of knew i was going to get yelled at at some point yes yeah. but i just couldn't 
I couldn't help myself. I needed the global entry picture with my mask on. I exited. I got ones are really good, aren't they? Though I used that at JFK in July, and they're really good. They're really fast. You know, I've never used it because I always go into. Bo- I've gone to, to Boston and Las Vegas recently, and they don't have that in ah. either city. So and now it. they don't have it in Los Angeles. I don't. But you know, I have a hard and fast rule that I don't fly into JFK. So that's. Uh, <laughs> So, so setting that aside, I, I jumped in my Avis. I got a nice upgrade to a Dodge Charger, Hemi, whatever that means. And I I hit some LA traffic. I thought there wouldn't be any, but I hit about a half hour to 45 minutes of LA traffic. But then it was smooth sailing to Vegas. I will tell you one of the nicest things about this ride to Vegas was seeing it was that like sun, you know, the sun was going down and Vegas was approaching and then it was just about dark. And I got to see, you know, that approach to Vegas, which I've never seen before. I've never done that ride before. That was really special. And yes, I went to Caesar's palace immediately. I was sort of aware that there was no valet parking, but maybe I didn't really believe it. So I tried to pull up at the Augustus tower where I thought I could valet park there and drop off, but that was a fail. So I had to go back onto the strip and, back into the parking deck as some might know i'm a little bit of a princess so i'm sort of a valet parking guy and (laughs) one of the changes at caesar's entertainment i thought it was everywhere but it was specifically at caesar's and a couple other properties i guess they have no valet parking so i needed to park in the parking deck and schlep all of my things to the augustus tower checking the horror I know, but I did it. You know, I, I was a little bit crazy. There. Well, I joked with you. Didn't I joke with you the other day? I joked with you that I was going to call an Uber from the parking deck. I'm on level five. <laughs> will, you, will you pick me up and take me to the front of Augustus Tower? But I got myself to the lobby. I actually wasn't sure if the uh, Diamond and Seven Star check-in uh, that's by the Augustus and Octavius Tower was going to be open. Lo and behold, it was. One of the big changes for COVID. at this point at all? Had you been temperature checked yet, or has that not happened yet? No, uh, Caesars only temperature checks when you check in. So they okay. they have before the queue at the regular check in line, they do a temperature check, and then since they told me the Diamond and Seven Star room was open, they did a, te- a temperature check when I ent- before I entered the Diamond and Seven Star room. Okay, fine. So this is part of what's really inconsistent. And I know there's a lot of controversy over the temperature checks, I think, because some people are like, you know, what does that really mean? Somebody could be an asymptomatic carrier and not exhibiting anything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the temperature check doesn't help. I'm going to err on the side of saying that a lot of people are really stupid. And there probably are people out there that even if they start to get sick, will still go out and be places. Now, of course, temperature checks are not going to help you with someone who's an asymptomatic carrier, duh. But it is going to help you with people who maybe are not good at their decision-making process and will say, well, it doesn't matter. Maybe this isn't COVID. Maybe I just don't feel good. I'm going to go anyway. So I I think it's probably still a good thing that they're doing. Of course, it's not going to prevent everybody who possibly is infected from being there, but it's a good thing. The thing that I think is odd is that Caesars is only temperature checking people who are staying in the hotel. So I'm not really sure I get that totally because if temperature checking is important, you know, let's, let's think about it. I checked into the hotel. What does that mean? I go up to my room in Augustus tower. Caesars is now doing no housekeeping, no room service, no valet parking. So who am I really interacting with in the hotel room and stuff like that? Now, the people I'm interacting with, 
they're the people at the dice table, right? They're the people in the yeah. casino at the Baccarat table. But if they're not staying at Caesars, they're not being temperature checked. So it, it just doesn't really seem very logical. Now, on and the other end that's different at other places, right? That's different at other properties. Ex- exactly. Now, take, for instance, a property like Wynn Las Vegas. Wynn is very crafty. They're doing – and I put that video up on YouTube. I did that late night video of the tower suites entrance. All of the entrances at Wynn are doing thermal scanning. So the only difference there is that everyone needs to enter the door on the right hand side and exit on the left, but you just enter like you regularly would. And they're doing thermal scanning and they stop you if they see a problem with the thermal scan. So it's totally not intrusive at all, but they're checking everybody who comes in the building on top of that. And I have to give really good credit. The D is doing the same thing. And you not have no issues. Scan. You didn't have a high temperature at any point. I did not have a high temperature at any point, which is people which are worrying is about being out in the heat, aren't they? And then being too hot and stuff. And I think they're offering a second check. Yeah, and I think I think the other thing is people worry about like if you took a really hot shower or something and went and got temperature checked immediately. I tend to run hot. <laughs> I mean, I just <laughs> I tend to perspire a lot, and I feel. But I but you know what? I think that doesn't really affect your you know, your no, temperature with, so, I mean, I think that's a misconception that you're really hot. It so I had no, I, I would say me, a person who always seems to be hot and always seems to be sweating and running around like a maniac in his high energy. If I didn't run into any issues, probably nobody else is if they're not sick. So I don't think that, I don't think that's something to worry about, you know, but I, I think the mm-hmm. thermal scanning, let me just put it this way. I think if you're going to check temperatures, I think you should be checking everybody entering the property. Full, you yes. know, at all the entrances and exits. I just think if you think that's important, that should be done. So, so, that's, let, me so on that's, let me ask you this then. So based on everywhere you, I'm not, I'm jumping a bit ahead a bit here, but based on everywhere you went, which was the least safe in your mind property based on those sort of checks? Well, let's see. There was no temperature check entering Bellagio. There was no temperature check entering Cosmo. There was no temperature check entering Flamingo. There was no temperature check entering Caesars. There was thermal scanning and temperature check entering Wynn Las Vegas. And there was temperature check entering the D. And that's everywhere that I went. I kept saying I was going to get to more properties, but it just was hard. So, so it's sort of interesting, the philosophies of the different properties, you know, and the inconsistencies. I will tell you. I guess how they've uh, interpreted the rules as well as different. Yeah. My opinion personally is I understand that gaming told every casino to come up with their own plan. I think that was a mistake. I think the plans mm-hmm. should be based on science. And if the science says that you need to temperature check everybody, then everyone should be temperature checked. I mean, this would be equivalent to telling the TSA that every state should come up with their own plan for security and some decide liquids aren't a problem and some decide liquids are a problem. Think how crazy that would make you that you didn't have a 311 rule in New York on your carry on liquids, but in, you know, in Florida, they were really strict on carry on liquids. That would make you sort of insane. And that's sort of what I see here (laughs) is is that, you know, you have different. So for example, Caesars entertainment requires all active players to wear a mask. I think that's a really good thing. You know, I'm not pro-mask or anti-mask. I just think right now in this immediate stage, let's err on the side of caution. And yes, believe it doesn't hurt, me, does it? Right. And here's the thing. 
I play dice for over 10 hours wearing a mask at Caesars. I hate wearing a mask. I don't enjoy it. <laughs> but I, I, I mean, and now I think things have changed a little bit. You see, because remember, I was there the first few days. So the first few days at Caesars, you could smoke at the tables and wear a mask. Flamingo was non-smoking. I believe now Caesars was pivoting towards non-smoking at the tables, but I'm not totally sure. This is the thing you need to be really cautious about. And I'm, I'm going to preface this here. I'm talking about what happened a week ago, right? A week ago plus yeah. that's relatively recent but all of this stuff is changing now so like gaming now i predicted a couple days ago when i saw so many players not wearing a mask when i saw so many players not wearing a mask that at other properties that didn't require it like caesars that they were eventually going to require a mask that did yeah. happen yesterday active gaming is required i believe they're going to go further than that and probably start to require all guests at the resorts to wear, you know, all guests that are out in public to wear a mask. Yeah, I, I, I think, think that's probably right. the, it's probably the prudent thing to do in the short term, you know, and I, I think what they should do is they should come up with, I've always been like this with consistent rules because, you know, I think here's the thing, social distancing without a mask in theory can work really, really well, but that the problem is, what are you going to do when the properties are too crowded, right? So what are you going to do when you're a Cosmo on a Friday night? And it's true, they're social distancing at the tables properly, but there are way more people in Cosmo than should be. So you've got more people around. If you leave the table, you're not going to be six feet away from every person that you walk past. So I think yeah. the fact that you, if you have everybody wearing a mask and you're doing the social distancing, you sort of put that stuff together and it's potentially creating a safer environment. So I think that's what we have to think about. I will and say all these, all that these I, places are all these places are operating at 50% occupancy, right? At the moment. Right. But I don't know how they're necessarily dealing with the occupancy of the casino floor, right? Yeah. So we're talking the hotel yeah. occupancy, which impacts the casino floor. But think of like all the people who love to go to Cosmo, but they can't afford to stay at Cosmo. So they, That's and true. they come to party. So you have to keep that in. And also, Here's the reason why I think we should have rules that are consistent. Like when I was playing slots at Win and we were doing our slot videos and things like that, I wasn't wearing a mask. Now, there wasn't like a person for miles, but I still wasn't. And the cocktail waitress, all employees wear a mask. That's ubiquitous. That's that's something that's mm -hmm. that's everywhere. But, you know, the thing about it is even me, who's a really safe person, would sometimes like not – I mean – it depended. Like if I had my mask with me, I usually would wear it because I had it and I didn't want to like put it down or put it in my pocket and lose it because I'm paranoid and I happen to have a really expensive Arium mask. So uh, that's one of the things. But I will say without a definitive rule, I would err sometimes to not wearing a mask. And I don't think I'm an irresponsible person. So considering that, I'm going to figure that a number of people, you know, like I didn't really think much about it when I was at Dice at Win. I didn't wear a mask because it wasn't required. And it was so comfortable playing there. And there was hardly anyone around me. And I just, I felt relatively safe, but I'm, I'm not sure that was the best decision to make you know you know i'm not what i'm trying to say is i'm not sure it was really right for that decision to be made by me because i shouldn't be making health and safety decisions like i shouldn't be coming up to a dice table and saying well a mask is optional 
but is it too dense and are there too many people around me that I should be making the decision to do that? Because I don't think I'm qualified to make that decision. So I would almost prefer that the casinos go, hey, like Caesars did, hey, if you're an active player, you got to wear a mask, then I don't need to think about it. And maybe that's a silly way to approach it. I don't know, but I, I'm, so, but I'm being completely honest here. Yeah, so talking of Caesars, let's just say two minutes rundown. What are your thoughts? Were you happy staying there? Was it a nice stay? Was it safe? Sum up your thoughts on Caesars. I will sum up my thoughts on Caesars. And then next week, we'll deal with some of my thoughts on Win Las Vegas and Tower Suites and my love of Win now, which has always been a love sure. of Win, especially with Harbucks and Harbor. I felt that some of the procedures that Caesars was doing were more cost cutting or COVID excuse than really for your health and safety. So Caesars had no room service, no valet, and no housekeeping. No room service is absolutely ridiculous because you can leave room service without outside of a room. So that's crazy. No housekeeping. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't really know how that makes a lot of sense either. And then the issues with things like delivering you towels, delivering you packages, saying that they can't come in your room because of COVID, but then come in your room anyway. Lots of inconsistencies made me very uncomfortable. But the thing about it is I think Caesars has a a serious staffing issue. And I think some of these things that they did had to do with the number of employees. I mean, I think it's a couple of reasons. I think one, they have their hotel at half capacity. Caesars is not doing entertainment, is not doing well financially. And to be able to say, hey, we're going to do no housekeeping, it's got to save you money if yes. you only do housekeeping when people exit a room. Now, it's true a lot of people stay for one or two nights, but let's let's assume the average stay is two nights. That's still half the amount of housekeeping. And in a situation like mine, I was at Caesars for six nights. So that means they saved, you know, a bunch of nights worth of housekeeping. So I think, and I think it's the same with room service. I think it's, they don't want to have to staff it and deal with it. So it's easier to say for your health and safety. And I don't like people telling me something is for my health and safety when really the excuse is for them to save money. And the contrast to that was when I went to Win, and all of a sudden Win had a way to do all of these things with your health and safety in mind, but it required more employees and more resources. Ching, 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 more money. Which so made you that's think my- even more that it was cost cutting basically. Exactly. So I think that about covers all of this up. If you have any specific questions, please join our Facebook group. Please send us tweets. Next week, I will pick this up a little bit with what my stay was like at Wynn Las Vegas, which was much different than the Caesar's stay. And any final thoughts, Steve, or any final questions? No, I'm just excited to hear what you have to say next. They all are. So you can, once again, you know where to find us at TravelZork on Twitter. And Steve, where can they find you? Um, I'm at Las Vegas UK on Twitter. That is awesome. Well, thank you for joining us today. And until next time. You've reached the end of your stay with us on this episode, but we encourage you to visit our website for more resources at TravelZork.com and to continue the conversation on Twitter and Instagram at TravelZork and Facebook.com slash TravelZork. Travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures right here on ZorkCast. Until next time, good luck.